this idea, um, and a lot, I've heard this a lot, um, is, you know, the shit, all the ships, having all the ships rise at the same time. And mm -hmm. I think the decentralized um, notion sort of lends to that, where if we're all sort of like helping each other tread water, we're all going to rise at the same, same time. Hello again, food enthusiasts. My name is Chris Strachkowski, your host today for the Future Foodcast, where we talk with thought leaders in today's food industry and discuss the trends and technologies that are shaping the future of food. Today, very, very happy to be speaking with Jeff Davis, the founder and president of Island Sun Canada. Welcome to the program. Hey, Chris. Thank you. Uh, thanks for having me on the uh, program. So good a, good yeah well you, you and i had a chance to catch up before this podcast it was very enthusiastic i think you and i both love your product and the type and we're going to hear all all about that but first maybe give us a, a little bit of background on who you are and where you came from and what brought you to the point of starting island sun okay so i've tried many many careers i always struggled to kind of find you know how you know i think it's stressed upon a lot of people to find something you're good at when you're young and then sort of go in those directions and i found myself good at a lot of things a lot a large variety of things uh i wasn't really capable of making a really strong decision so i tried all sorts of things i did enjoy working with my hands always like um the trades, although I did well with uh, with English and science, I, I did like working with my hands. I love cooking, so part of uh, my direction. My, I, I guess for the longest part of my career outside of my company, I uh, worked as a graphic designer and a marketing uh, specialist or uh, senior marketing rep at the end. Yeah, that it was an excellent education. So for about 20 years, I, I was in that field in a number of ways. So it was interesting because back then, uh, digital digital artwork and digital graphic design was on kind of really having a renaissance and it just really blowing up. I grasped onto that and and um, it was a great uh, rewarding career. You know, it was kind of what kind of led me away from it was, I don't know, I just kind of got tired of office politics and I guess not really being able to run my own thing when I had different ideas. Uh, mm. It kind of prompted that. And then uh, the last position I was in, our marketing department was was severed. So that sort of was was my uh, one of the what what I would call a road sign saying time to change, <laughs> time to try something new. Uh, you know, this was before COVID. So uh, COVID has provided us with a number of different hurdles as well. So, but uh, but that was my road sign then, and I thought I'll, I'll take my severance and uh, invest it in myself, and and you know take the knowledge I've gained over the last twenty years in marketing and also in the food industry uh, to make something that I truly love and that I feel is a great product, not just a good product. It's got to be great. And I want my service to be number one as well. Someone once, someone once said in a, in a, it was a, uh, a quote that I really took to heart years back. Someone said, you know, the easiest thing to market is a good product with great service. So, you know, it's a pretty simple formula, but the tough part is coming up with that, that good or great product that you can mm. service. So yeah. what I did was a bit of, I did a bit of soul searching, I guess. Um, I'd already been 
experimenting with making hot sauce. I enjoyed all kinds of hot sauce um, at that point. Uh, my father, who is Barbadian, raised me in a slightly different way than than my neighbor, my neighbor kids in Ontario. And we got hot sauce early. And um, while my brother wasn't as big a fan, I, I took to it and I was hooked um, immediately. So, mm. you know, when we were having hot dog day at school, it was always like, where's the hot sauce? <laughs> you know, so yeah. it was never there. Mustard was as hot as we went. So yeah, yeah it's, I've just really kind of, I did some soul searching. My wife and I ended up going back. We went to Barbados in 2018 and, and I said to her, look, it's going to be a bit of research because I want to go and try all the hot sauces around the island. Uh, and, and I had the idea that I would like to make something if possible, if I could make it then do so in Canada because we need this type of a, like in Barbados, it's a table sauce. And I figured, you know, I want that table sauce here. And I think others, others with the growing lust for, for hot foods, like uh, if you watch hot ones or you watch um, a lot of the great YouTube uh, and Netflix specials that are all, you know, cooking shows, everyone started kind of creeping into this kind of craft Mm. uh, crafted products as well as heat. So I thought, um, to me, I think we mentioned, uh, we spoke about this before, where the craft beer world, I feel, is about 10 years ahead of where the hot sauce industry is. So I thought, I better I better get my act together and uh, try this out. And um, was back to what I said before, I, I didn't want to release something that was just good. Right. So um, I ha- ended up handing out a thousand bottles just to get feedback and make mm-hmm. sure that I was on the right track. Um, I, I had, and then when I had something, I sort of, I sort of said to my wife, uh, I think we, I got it. I don't want to yeah. like, I don't want to tweak it anymore. And, and then I really started, um, uh, kind of getting people to taste it, including my relatives from Barbados who loved it. So, mm. you know, that, that, that was the genesis of, of the product coming out. That's, there were a, a lot of, yeah, sorry, sorry. Chris, say, that's what? a great background. Um, it's really combining a lot of sort of prior skills and experience, hands-on marketing, also um, obviously a passion for food, along with the amazing cultural background, which is bringing essentially Barbados to Canada. And it's really refreshing to see people like yourself. And we see this a few times on this podcast here that people, they've got, they have successful careers. They're good at what they're doing. They've learned a lot. I was like, I have this passion to make this thing. And for you, it's hot sauce and launch a whole new career and a whole new business on that. And it, it's great to see that. I'm, I'm looking forward to trying the product. I know some is coming my direction. That's going to be yeah. wonderful. Tell us more yeah. about your yeah. passion for, you know, how you're making this product, kind of your concept for small batch craft and, and what that means for your product. Uh, I diverge from the kind of... Uh, from the what I usually encounter like with other sauce makers and that I don't want to be mass produced I don't want my sauce to be I don't want it to be uh yeah I don't want it to be mass produced I don't want um co-packers involved I don't want mm-hmm. um it's a I don't want someone at the end of the day yeah you don't want it to ever not be a craft product I want to control that and if and if it gets to a point where where I can't well then I've got to scale back or, uh, I mean, mm-hmm. so I'm in a, I'm in a weird scaling predicament because 
I need to cook more so that I can advertise more and sell more. But at this point, I have a super small footprint. So usually whatever I make is usually spoken for. And then I do deliveries quickly. Uh, there's very little storage. And, and for a while, I was shipping a lot of it to Amazon. And then Amazon sells it as well. So I thought to myself, I can use Amazon as a, as a um, storage facility on top of you know, like that was part of the part of the problem, right? Because otherwise you have to store it in a safe mm. uh, place. So now I don't want to jump the gun too much, but I, my my goals are to make turn my uh, two car garage into a an inspected location that I can cook my sauce and store it. So mm. that will be my next phase. But um, initially, yeah, I like I, I just don't like the idea of somebody saying um, at a co-packer, saying to me, well, what are your hero ingredients? Um, mm -hmm. And well, you can pick three of those ingredients. Otherwise it's going to cost too much. And those types of things, when I can kind of cut out the middleman and make those decisions myself. And, and I can truly turn around and say, look, I know my product is better because A, it's an expensive product to make. And I was there, <laughs> you know, I, right. I made it. Um and I, you know, I, I do all the quality control and I, I'm not, I'm not happy putting my signature on it unless it's uh, something I would eat myself and, and enjoy. So yeah, but, well, I think um, all people yeah. have to do is look at your website and the front page is enough to make anybody's mouth water oh. watching the sauce pouring over Thanks. beautiful <laughs> slices are, of meat. I was also a hand actor in that. In that. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's great. Um, the other the other thing that I I'm really enjoying more even than I thought I would is meeting you bring up a good point is meeting the people in my community that do these things so Sylvia Pond is is uh the 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 fine photographer who took that that shot of the of the chicken wings and she's done some other photography for me as well and you know I really believe you know let 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 someone who's an expert you know, do their thing. And, and if your personalities also, uh, combine well, then even better. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. so yeah, I mean, I've, I've really, um, I like to stay in touch with everybody that I meet. I like to know everyone on a first name basis and, um, it's been really great uh, so far. Mm -hmm. And even the folks that I've met, um, now that my product is moving, um, further away, uh, generally through social media, I can start up a conversation and get to know them as well. Right. So. I think, I feel like what you've done in your business is sort of the, the perfect representation of what we see growing up, which is sort of decentralized food production, decentralized entrepreneurial efforts. And because you have access to Amazon and other types of logistic companies, you know, you can't, you don't have to just sell in your hometown, even if your hometown's 3 million people, you literally can sell to a continent just by utilizing some of these services like Amazon. But as you also said, you have a craft product. Part of the value of that craft product is it's going to stay a craft product. You're going to be involved with making it. This also, how does this present challenges for your supply chain? Um, you're making relatively small batches with in, in relatively, if people look at the ingredients list, it's a very you know, clean clear list of ingredients how do you manage the supply chain as a craft small producer i can't lie i i uh it it does pose a problem when a larger company like say a co-packer comes in and you see their truck going away with all of the hot peppers on it right and then i come in and i say i need you know 
80 pounds, not 800 pounds, right? So um, there is buying power, of course. And, and I think um, what I'm banking on, <laughs> I could be very, could be somewhat wrong is is that my brand and my loyalty and my loyalty to the people who are providing me with with um ingredients uh are you know is strong and i can kind of part of it i, I think what i i've discovered in i've only been at it for three years i'm going into my fourth year uh what i've discovered is that um you have to stay on top of things so I had no idea where I was going to get my glass when I started, like for bottles and, and caps. I had no idea where I was going to get my turmeric. I had no idea. I made this recipe and a lot of the, a lot of the elements in it aren't, you can't readily get in Canada all the time. So that was a little bit of a, not really a misstep because I wanted to bring Barbados to Canada. So I knew there was going to be some of that. Um, but for instance, the, um, that uh out in british columbia when the that atmospheric river occurred mm -hmm. um i knew there would be some shipping problems immediately because my glasses might be coming from china so uh i got on the, i got on the phone and do you have any more bottles can you like can i buy them mm. from you like right now so it's it's more staying on top of the news and and understanding how that could affect your you know i mean obviously you know, climate and um, there, there are so many other factors that uh, you just have to cross your fingers at. Mm -hmm. um, but again, being small, I can be flexible and I can say no. I can say no to someone who says, I'm going to charge you double for a turmeric. Mm -hmm. I can say no to somebody who's going to charge me X um, and I don't agree. I can then shift gears. Also, what I've done is, is made some great friends in the hot sauce community who are, I try and make sure that I'm an open book. And then in turn, they're usually open books as well. So we share um, suppliers, if there's emergencies, mm -hmm. they've been very good at, at uh, I could name a bunch of people, but but a lot, but many are, are really super friendly folks. And, and yeah, it's just a really good, I mean, it's, it's great to have friends and, and to have a personal, right. again, a first name basis with people. Yeah, so you, you have essentially a certainly a regional, but also maybe an international community uh, network of both suppliers, but people in the supply chain, even if it's not involved with your product, they become helpers, if you will. And I think that's the true kind of spirit of decentralization that we're seeing in the business yep. culture these days. When you mentioned decentralization, I kind of stopped for a second because it's like, whoa, am I am I doing this? It's like, well, yeah, <laughs> you know, like you're right. You, you kind of hit the nail on the head. I like this idea. Um, and a lot, I've heard this a lot is, you know, the shit, all the ships having all the ships rise at the same time. And mm -hmm. I think the decentralized um, notion sort of lends to that where if we're all sort of like helping each other tread water, we're all going to rise at the same, same time. And yeah, I mean, there, there's room. If you look at other markets um, of, of kind of handcrafted food uh, items, there, there's room in the market for interesting branding and your own twist on, on a lot of things. So, I mean, I, that's really what I'm kind of going with. I'm also, I'm also, I, when I, when I moved into my own company, I wanted really for there to be less stress. So for me, I like to keep it very simple, <laughs> keep it simple. Mm -hmm. And I have the one 
the one main product, uh, which, which you'll get to try too, but, um, mm. the one main product, Beijing Taiga, and it's, I spent a lot of time refining that and I really don't see the need to create a whole line of sauces because I sort of like that one sauce to rule them all sort of thing. And it's, mine's more of a table condiment. You'll, you'll try, you know, right. I'm really curious to hear what you think of it. Um, I do offshoots. Um, I I've done a, a super hot sauce, which um, is very super limited, but my main focus is, is my main product. And, mm -hmm. and uh, that yeah. keeps it simple from uh, keeping my bottles the same, keeping my, my supply chain stuff similar. It's not complicated to me. Excellent. Well, you know, we, we've talked a lot of fuel about the upstream side, your supply chain, and, you know, this is essentially all digitally managed by you going, looking the other direction. Uh, I imagine it's probably somewhat similar. We've talked just beginnings about e-commerce and what you're doing there, but how are you reaching out to customers and letting them know, you know, what's in your product, the quality of it, the handcrafted sort of nature of the product? What are your important channels or how are they, how are you leveraging those? My model was, or my concept was to first take my sauce. If I could sell a thousand bottles in year one, sell a thousand bottles uh, on top of what I was giving away, then I would continue in year two. What I wanted to do was to to, to make sure I was speaking to, I, I wasn't targeting um, large chains like Loblaws or Sobeys or anything like that. I was tar uh, targeting local butcher shops, cheese shops, places where handcrafted jellies and uh, preserves were sold, making sure I met the owner of the shop themselves and then giving them a sample if they liked it, which, you know, I was hoping they would, <laughs> if they like hot sauce, they will generally like it, um, if not love it. And, um, a, a, you know, so I would get ecstatic replies from these shop owners. Okay, I'll buy some. I'll, I want to put it on the shelf. And so what I would ask, I, I'd go back in and I'd bring my cell phone with me and say, hey, do you mind if I, if I take a few shots of your store, also do advertising for you? And they were like, of course, you know, mm -hmm. like, can I get a shot of you holding my sauce? And then I will co, you know, co uh, brand it. We're going to, mm -hmm. you know, we'll, we'll both win. So that was my initial idea. I still maintain that because A, it's fun. And B, it's just a really, I, I think it's a, a polite thing to do as a, as a, right. someone who's selling to include people in their, in their promotions. That was stage one. And then once I sort of had a certain, like I got over a thousand followers on my, on my Instagram account, I thought I'm going to move to uh, Amazon at that mm -hmm. point, because then there'd, there'd be enough digital uh, subscribers that are watching me. My audience was that size. And then I could then say, Hey, I'm on Amazon and in a perfect storm COVID hit and I was launching on Amazon. So everyone was at home and I had a thousand people that were following me at the time. And um, my sales just went crazy like, mm. on, on Amazon. So it was weird. And I, I mean, it's just a strange storm of, uh, I guess, lucky, unlucky. I, I don't know. And par part of my problem with COVID is that uh, I can't really project where my company is going to be because these last two years have been so bizarre. Like, I, mm -hmm. I don't know what would happen if there weren't COVID. Right. So, um, you know, it, it is, it's interesting, but that whole decentralized thing, I'm not, I'm, I'm not concerned with what wall street, you know, 
what what earnings people are making. I, I just do my own thing and mm-hmm. and um, try try and uh, recoup where things gain and and loss. You know, so yeah. it's um. Does that explain? I th- yeah, it does. It does. And you know, I, I think we've certainly been a key point of discussion of e-commerce and how. COVID has impacted that. And you've had a good result from that. Maybe not surprisingly, looking back, it would have been surprising looking forward that a lot of food companies have actually done really well, especially if they're able to distribute through e-commerce. And there's kind of this thinking about, oh, well, maybe it'll go back. Well, you know, it's it's easier. It's, it's more convenient for people. I, I don't think, it, I think it's going to only accelerate the purchasing of food and you know, food-related items via e-commerce and having it delivered to home. But so you have that, you have great marketing on your product and you're a marketing expert and you've done that yourself. One of the things we also hear that's of interest, especially for people that are out buying craft products is they want to know what's in it. They want transparency of what's in it. And of course you have a clear label and it's kind of obvious what's in there, but do you have like customers that are really asking you about you know, what's, what's in it? Where does it come from? Where do your original ingredients come from? How, how do you respond to that? Your point about a clear label is, is that was absolutely intentional design. Um, a, because of the color of the product. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wanted people to see the hot pepper chunks and, and everything in there. It, when, when it's served, you get to see that beautiful presentation, but I wanted a glass bottle as mm-hmm. well. It also, I think it lends itself to being authentic when someone's not afraid to have a clear label. I mean, you know, if you get a standard uh, mass marketed ketchup bottle, they don't even have, they're not clear anymore. They're mm-hmm. actually colored red and you don't even know what's in it. <laughs> don't even really yeah. know what's in it. So yeah. So if someone were to come to me and ask me about the ingredients and where they come from, I, I essentially, I'm trying to get as many ingredients from Ontario that I can and locally. Mm-hmm. Sometimes some batches have more Ontario content and some have less. One of the, one of the things that people should understand as well is that if you're trying to buy Ontario only onions, for instance, like chopped onions or, or like frozen onion, Harvey's uh, buys a ton of Ontario onions. And if they buy up all the onions, you have to get them from elsewhere sometimes too. But mm-hmm. you know, there's. It's nice to know that that the the onions are being purchased from Ontario, and mm-hmm. and occasionally I, I will get like if I I request getting onions from Ontario if I can. A lot of things like like uh, mango, for instance, I was uh, buying fresh mangoes, peeling them by hand, and they would come. They were coming from you know n- near the uh, equator. You can't guarantee their ripeness. You can't guarantee mm-hmm. they're not bad. So I worked with Flanagan's is one of my, uh, one of the companies that I source from and they, they provided me with an excellent product that um, it's flash frozen when it's ripe. So you're getting a very consistent product. It's not inexpensive, but it's very, very consistent and very good quality. Mm -hmm. Um, So quality has to be great. Yeah. You know, uh, but it, but I, I am moving to getting things from Ontario as I learn about them. Well, I think also, you know, certainly um, local consumption is a trend. This is clear, um, um, certainly across North America. Um, but I think also it's, you know, for example, turmeric. Turmeric's not something that you see growing a lot in Canada. No, and it doesn't grow well. 
Right. So it's either going to yeah. come from India, maybe Peru or other places like that where yeah. the climate is more suitable. But then, and that's fine. I mean, nobody's really disappointed about that, but they're still interested sometimes to know where the product's coming from. And that may be in a, a future opportunity, especially in a single batch craft process like you're making, be able to say, yep, these are where all the key materials came from. And, you know, you may end up developing a relationship with a turmeric farmer in Peru. And yes. that can be a person that's, you know, visible through sort, sort of social media via your product. I would ultimately love to be able to have a farm in Barbados and have mm -hmm. all of those ingredients grow there and, and, and ship them to Canada or have it produced there. I don't know. Um, but mm -hmm. again, I'd have to be at the helm and I'd have to be in two places at once. So right. we'll see. I speaking about turmeric though, I, I get it from an organic, uh, vendor here near me named called Fennings. Uh, and they're excellent. Like they, they get such high quality. The turmeric I get uh, currently comes from Peru and it's just such high quality stuff that I, it, it's amazingly clean. It's incredibly delicious. Like it's just snap. Like it, it's just incredible how it comes, how, mm. how they get it. And I know that they do some, um, some vetting of it on their end. Like they make sure that they're not giving me uh, so a purchaser anything that's substandard. So like that's contributing to Ontario jobs. And, and that's, uh, you know, to me, I feel good that they're looking over that stuff and that they're also a great, um, when I was starting, I didn't, I, I, I needed to learn a lot and they were very willing to share a lot of uh, common knowledge with me. So, mm -hmm. I mean, it's just great. Um, yeah. You know, if I could work with them um, specifically for everything, although they, they don't carry everything I need, mm -hmm. I would I would do a lot with them. Well, let's look into the future a little bit. And again, your company is just a perfect representation of the craft food products that are coming onto the market and they're able to come onto the market because of flexible supply chains that can support a small producer and flexible supply chain or let's say distribution chains that you can get your product out to many different places. What do you see in the next one or two years for your product and, you know, growing it up and maybe expanding distribution to other places? I would, I would say Amazon, I, I think I'm going to step away from Amazon. It was very good for me um, initially to get my brand out, but uh, the, the fees that are associated with Amazon aren't really good for, I don't think, a small handcrafted business. I think um, I would like to kind of refine that. And there are some interesting um, options coming out. There's, um, I recently signed up with a company called FAIRE, F-A-I-R-E, who um, works well with Shopify. So I think that mm -hmm. may be my direction moving forward. Uh, for online sale and kind of getting it out to larger uh, or sorry to small retailers um, mm -hmm. across North America that's that's where I, what I've got in my mind once my garage is kind of complete and and certified then I can move that direction but currently uh, I've I I am you'll notice a, there's a shirt here that says nice. the Canadian the online Canadian hot sauce store so I think they, I, I, uh, I needed it a gold star membership for that. <laughs> there you go. Well, I know a guy. So yeah, you can uh no, definitely check them out. Uh this is another example of this this marketing where 
the guy that the, the fellow that owns this uh Heiko and, and his lovely wife Angela they they're they wanted to do something that was Canadian only and sort of stay above the the border mm-hmm. and and it's they've got a great number of sauces most of them uh, I think are micro batch right so if you want to go to one place and save on shipping he's doing it right now so mm. go check it out they offer my sauces uh, as well as a whole bunch of other uh, great sauces and i think i know i probably know personally all of the other sauce makers yeah it's just a great it's a mm-hmm. if more things like this happen then i think it it sets it sets you know all ships are going to rise i also want to do some shipping of my own once once uh, i can get on shopify and all those mm-hmm. those things take Mm-hmm. take over but i think these communities like the canadian on like the online canadian hot sauce store are are a great uh grounds to kind of compare and um pick your brand pick pick mm-hmm. your style and and sort right. of try them out yeah well it's um, technology it certainly has a lot of challenges for us and causes a lot of problems sometimes but there's just so much opportunity that's being created right now i think for and really, I mean, your business would be really hard to do without all the <laughs> sort of the, the digital supply chain, digital distribution, e-commerce, digital marketing, social media. You probably still have a business, but you'd probably have to be focused really around Toronto. So it's really yeah. exciting to see how you're going to be growing with this in the coming years, especially with your own in-home production facility. Yeah, and I can't stress enough that, you know, it's a blessing and a curse, the social media uh, but as someone who owns a small business um, and approaching it seriously, uh, you, I think it's it's invaluable. I mean, there's no way you could do this type of marketing even you know seven years ago. I, I mm-hmm. think it would be very difficult to do. And I don't. I think that people have to just bite the bullet and get in there and create create those accounts and and you know make sure that you're sharing and make sure that you're mm-hmm. open to to good questions. And, and, um, to me that that's it. I, I wanted my brand to be about, uh, you know, basically me and follow my, uh, you know, my likes, my, 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 uh, my life. If you look at my Instagram posts, which you may have done it's I, I enjoy beer. I enjoy, I'm a Canadian Bajan and I enjoy all of those things. Often my posts are not directly about hot sauce. A lot of them are, but um, a lot of them are just about being, you know, um, dealing with uh, dealing with this uh, thing called life and, and enjoying, you know, enjoying myself. That's the, it's a it's a great story. It's uh, even better that it's continuing and growing. Um, Thank you. Exciting to see, like I said, you bring all your marketing and other experience to make a product that you're passionate about. And again, I think what you represent is really the perfect example of this growth we're seeing in food entrepreneurs on the craft side. And I think your, your analogy to craft beer is great because, you know, a lot of craft beer brewers started at home and then yeah. they grow up from there. So really it's looking amazing. forward yeah, to more of your product. We'll have to come back to you in 2022 after you've got your home prep kitchen and production kitchen going and see how that looks and uh, talk more about the future for your products Island Sun Canada. We've got Jeff Davis with us, the founder and president. Thanks again for being on the program. Thank you. Thanks, Chris. Thanks for listening to Future Foodcast. Future Foodcast is powered by Farm to Plate, the leading food blockchain platform. Subscribe on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts to stay up to date with the very latest innovations in the food industry.